Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good grief. What a week. Holy smokes. One of the questions on last week's show was how do we deal with the drought? Well, Mother Nature has a way of balancing the scales. Boy, howdy, did she balance them this past week. Uh, Rain falling from down, up, left, right, in and out. Water came from everywhere. Scott Mosby here for two hours today talking about all things around your home, and I suspect we've got lots to talk about. 314-436-7900. Let's go. Let's get started. Let's get on it. 314-436-7900. Toll-free 800-925-1120. If you've been through this rainstorm, If it didn't leak in the past week, it's probably in really good shape. However, if it has leaked, basement, roof, windows, whatever it is, this past week, now this is the measurement of what needs attention in and around your home or the buildings we're talking about here. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We're on our 75th year. We will celebrate uh, the 75th year of the founding of our company. We're in Kirkwood, Missouri, and enjoy. Enjoy a great uh, team um, atmosphere. Uh, very had our um, mid-year uh, company meeting yesterday. It was very encouraging. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we we finally kind of got together a little bit. So all those delayed things from the pandemic has uh, affected how we gather, how we do business, how we communicate. Phone lines three one four four three six seven nine hundred four three six seven nine hundred toll free eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Well, with all the rain, it's going to be humid. Today is a humid day, not quite um, stifling, but boy, howdy, it's uh, it's close, as we say here. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 puts us together on the phones. Bring on your questions. Air conditioning, we can talk about dehumidification, which really ties into what's the right size air conditioner. Well, you know, in the old um, U.S. ways, when if if this mush is good, let's get more and it'll be better. Not so with air conditioning. I spoke to a little bit of the design range and some of the seriously uh, hot days we had here in the Midwest. Uh, what is the design range for a system, a machine, your air conditioner, your furnace, all those sorts of things? Most design ranges of air conditioning systems, at least around the St. Louis area, and believe it or not, we use a little more energy cooling our homes than we do heating our homes. Yep, yeah, and that's mostly because of the um, dehumidifying nature of air conditioning systems. We can talk about that and more. With all the storms we've had, please, please, let's do a walkabout. I want you to go outside. If you haven't already, I suspect many of you have, go outside and take a look at your house. Start at the roof. Look at the very top. Look at the shingles and the roof. Look for uh, branches, uh, even uh, uh, debris, uh, anything that looks unusual and out of place to you. You don't have to have a schooled experience construction eye. All you need is to know what the house looks like normally. 
So if anything there, uh, look at the gutters around. Really don't want anything growing out of those gutters with the torrential rainfall we had. If you can hear my voice, you went through some of that heavy rain. Uh, your gutters either got flushed out and cleaned because of the inordinate amount of water or they overflowed terribly and you're now uh, dealing with that. So again, uh, with the soil, the soil was pretty dry uh, a week ago. Now it's just absolutely saturated. So I suspect there are some of you out there that are dealing with wet basements, pumping out basements, water that came up like Mike Miller threw the actual floor drain in his basement uh, from the Camox Garden Hotline this morning. Just a lot of things that manifest itself when rainfall is that abundant. So uh, just be aware. Uh, phone lines, bring them on. Let's get started. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If your basement got wet, I know this sounds silly, but if your basement got wet, dry it out. Dry it out. Fans, move the air. Dehumidifiers, if you need to get a dehumidifier, um, one or two, but move the air around that basement area. Um, dehumidify, run the air conditioning maybe more than you might because we need to pull the moisture, the excess moisture out of the air because when your basement leaks or the floor gets wet or the wall gets wet or a window well fills up and comes through the window, all that moisture still has to escape and get out of the house. If it doesn't, it's kind of a tough situation where um, you just have too much moisture. And if you think about that, Golly, I mean, we're in the Midwest. If you have moisture, food, and heat, you're going to grow something. And generally, anything growing in your basement isn't a good thing uh, because it's a humid place anyway. I mean, we do our laundry down, at least I do it. Laundry down there um, might have an extra bathroom or shower, a finished area. All those things contribute. Occupancy just humans down there we perspire we raise the humidity in the basement so the point being uh, for all of you listening please uh, whether you had water problems or not turn the fan blower on your furnace on the thermostat where it says heat auto cool or and then your fan will say auto or on and sometimes off Choose on. Let that blower motor, let that furnace fan move the air around your house. It's very important that we get this air moving around so uh, we can tell. Uh, let's get started with the phones here. Fire them up right now, and let's uh, go right to Matt and see what's happening. Hey, Matt, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you today? Hey, good morning, Scott. got a quick question. Um, out of the my air conditioner, there's a drain, obviously, for the condensation, right? But there's a trap built in there, and every year, some of its portion of it's built with PVC and then leading to your vinyl um, that leads into the floor drain. Yep. What is the point of that trap? Is that is that to it gets clogged every year, and I got to um, you know spray it out from from just the water and you know slime. But um, is there is that trap necessary, or can I just make it without the trap? No, that ma- that trap is keeping you alive. Remember Legionnaire's disease? Yeah. That's right. where the trap came from. Um, for example, now uh, let me run you through this. So the water comes out, the condensate drains out, but you also have a, um, a negative pressure in parts of your furnace. 
if air gets inhaled through that condensate line, so let's pretend that the blower fan, for whatever reason, all the stuff growing in that clear line that you can see, if that air backs up into your furnace, then through your ductwork, then through your house, how might our bodies react to that nasty stuff so that's where that little trap came from it's you it's in about the last 15 years uh it is a pain it will clog up stay cleaning it out uh but even uh if you don't have a trap sometimes the heating and cooling uh technicians will put a loop or a circle and then twist tie it together or zip tie it so that there is a trap and what that liquid charge keeps from happening is the air on the other side of that nasty growing black stuff inside that clear tube. Um, It's very important to maintain that P-trap or that trap in the PVC line or that clear tubing. it, It is what separates us from Legionnaire's disease. Now from, if it, uh, dries up you know during during the the you know the cooler months how do i ensure that there's water within that trap uh that... good idea uh, i just i would just add some water to that if you can frankly uh usually they have uh, oftentimes they'll put that pvc in and they'll put a open filling uh uh screw cap or just an open stand to that um and then it's easy to get in otherwise it's kind of a pain to get the water in that trap but if you're in this okay. air conditioning system, if you're running AC right now, I promise it's it is not dry. <laughs> sure, right, right. Okay, all right. Thanks for that. Yeah, you bet. And Matt, uh, sometimes in in my history, sometimes it was easier just to replace the clear tubing than it was to clean it. So you know, I basically would take the clear tubing off, and I'd take a little bottle brush and do what I could do, uh, clean it out, and then you know for. $5 or $6, I'd get new clear tubing at the hardware store and stick it on instead of dancing with all the nasty stuff in there. It's been the vinyl, or it's been the PVC that gets that gets clogged up. I take it out and I mm. unscrew it from the, the furnace and, and blow some water through it, and there's just a big old hairball that comes out of there. Yeah. Well, reach up inside that furnace body, too, because uh, that water drips so slowly, Matt, that it can pick up dust and debris, and it can pick up cat hair. It can pick up all kinds of things. So there's a bunch of gook inside your furnace box around that coil, the air conditioning coil as well, which is why you get all this copious amount of goo. Uh, so, you know, clean the PVC and then reach in and see if you can pull out anything uh, solid on the other side of that threaded area. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks, good, Scott. Yeah, good question. Thanks for getting us started, Matt. Mm-hmm. Home Bye. Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We'll be right back for more right after this on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement. If you can hear my voice, you have been wet this week. And we do broadcast a a long way. Uh, The KMOX signal is known to go a very long way, so uh, especially at night. Baseball Cardinals coming up today. They're uh, playing at Washington on the Nationals. Uh, pre-game Cardinal time is 5.20. Uh, and let's get right to the phone lines, get back and see what's cooking with my friend Janet. Janet, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Oh, good morning. Thank you yeah. for answering. 
Um, I did receive on on two occasions this week about four to six inches of rain in my basement, and um, it it did it, it was only down there for maybe two maybe two and a half hours, and the residue is rather muddy. Um, I have fans on. I have a dehumidifier running all the time in my basement when I turn the AC on, and it usually is okay. But it's it stopped draining before we had these uh, water incidents. So I bought another one, and that also really didn't drain. But the percentages of the humidity was down to about 45 or 50 before the rainwater came in and the, you know, whatever. And right. then, and it and it stayed high with the water, and then it gradually, with all the fans and a quick dry out, it gets down to like 50, but it still does not drain. I removed the hose. The bucket does not fill up. And I was wondering if I should yet get another one just to be on the safe side. Uh, is it running? Does the yes, unit it run, runs. but it doesn't drain? Yes, that's correct. Hmm. That's does, correct. The, uh, does the tub fill up with water? No. When I... When I took the hose off and let the bucket come up, or, you know, anticipating if the hose didn't work, if it was stopped up or something, which it was not, um, I said, okay, fill up the bucket. The bucket does not fill up. Hmm. Uh, that surprises me. And you do have fans running, moving the moisture around? Um, yes. Yes. Hmm. That puzzles yes. me. Um, and, it sounds and last like... evening... Yes, and last evening, as I was trying to get some area, a small area of the floor, I was really, you know, um, making it very wet to, you know, disturb the the grime. And um, the humidity did get up to 75, but then, you know, I kept the fans on all night again, and which I do, and 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 right now it's between 45 and 50. Yeah. But yeah, it should it, stay right? there. It's unlike most St. Louis basements won't get below forty-five or fifty. Period. But it's not draining. So how yeah. come the humidity? And then what is the best cleaning material that I can get to sanitize my basement if I'm doing small areas myself? Uh, well, uh, around the sewer drain, I'm an old bleach guy, but uh, keep in mind, um, uh, mustard gas is chlorine. So uh, be using chlorine down in a basement in an unventilated area is, is uh, hazardous at best. So you need to be in a well-ventilated basement if you're going to do that. But frankly, most of it is just the mud and the dirt, um, and frankly, around the the floor drain that can be sanitary sewer so i tend to spritz it with a a chlorine bleach wipe it up and discard those usually paper towels in the trash for me Uh, that's the way to go about it Um, but frankly it's mostly just the dirt you know normal soap and water type stuff so i can add bleach to the cleaning water to do the concrete floor Yes, ma'am, you can. Just be very careful. Um, be aware of your own respiratory distress because you get bleached down in that basement. If you're down there for an hour, half an hour, it could be 10 minutes if it's a high enough concentration. You can damage your lungs with the chlorine. Oh, no, I'm just yeah. pouring a cup in a whole bucket, yeah. Yeah, and then I have all the fans running. So Yes, yes. It sounds like everything's working pretty well. If, if you're confident that it's really 45 to 50% relative humidity, 
and there's nothing coming out of the dehumidifier, you may have um, you know may have dried this thing out. Keep in mind your air conditioner is running, doing the same thing as well. And my fan is always on, always. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so, you're just you know, doing everything right, and frankly, you're you're down to forty five and fifty, which is really admirable. I mean, generally, old basements never get below fifty percent. Oh, so you're doing okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. All right, Janet. I'd say congratulations between your AC, your dehumidifier, and those fans, and your diligence. Uh, I think you're doing pretty well. I changed the big heap, the filter in the uh, what used to be the electronic filter, which I discarded those um, steel or stainless things many years ago, and I just changed those big filters. They're four or five inches wide. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, and it was just two months. I thought, well, why not? Let's just yeah. clean it up all. So. Yeah, you've got mold spores that try to grow with that humidity. So that's really, I mean, you're just you're just doing everything right. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> uh, keep it up. And you may want to change that filter every month or two for the next few because of the moisture that hits your basement. Would you advise getting a new um, dehumidifier that that? that tries to get some moisture in the bucket or the hose? Uh, honestly, I would test inspect what I expect. I'd take that thing outside where the humidity today is about 65%, 70%, and I'd plug it in outside and see what happens because it could be a malfunctioning dehumidifier, but it should fire right up and start you know, creating water in that bin. Uh, but I, you can test that just by taking it outside today. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, I'll try that. I didn't dry that one. All right. Yeah, make sure you okay. change the, you know, make sure you dry it out enough with you know, your operating range on that dehumidifier. Dry so it, it out? Run. Well, make sure you turn it down that you're trying to achieve a 40% so that you're oh, actually yeah. forcing yeah. the unit to, to dehumidify and operate. Okay. All right. I will do that. Well, thank you. That's a good test. I didn't know that's what I was looking for. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, Janet. Good luck. Okay, bye-bye. Home Improvement. Let's uh, take right down the, and see what's cooking here. Let's go with Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning, sir. How may I help you this fine morning in St. Louis? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to be a fall-in-line kind of guy with some water in the basement problems. I have uh, live in the Dogtown neighborhood, and on the north side of the house, uh, we have a patio and an old staircase um, with a cellar door that goes down to uh, the basement. We have a sump pump on the southeast side of the home that definitely works. On the northwest side is where the stairwell going down with the cellar doors and the patio. We have one specific hole that drains a little bit of water, and also seemingly some water comes through the foundation on the floor a little bit. The problem, Scott, is that... We do have a drain in the basement, but it's uh, more so in the extreme west part of the basement, and it's more elevated than the one the water comes in. Yeah. Uh, to add to the complications, we have a sidewalk right in the back of the house by the cellar door with a very small drain, and when we get so many rushing waters like we had the past couple of days, that drain hole gets clogged up with mulch and other debris and whatnot, and then that backfills. And when that raises a couple of inches, the stairwell's right there. So, <laughs> my question. <laughs> so, yeah. luckily, other than that, you know, you, I was hearing the previous caller. Our basement stays relatively uh, uh, dry. Uh, we run a dehumidifier. The other 
sump pump in the southeast part of the home works beautifully. Uh, we actually have kind of a semi living space down there because other than you know flash flood kind of rains, it's pretty good. Uh, my question is this for you, sir. Because, you know, I'm not, money doesn't grow on trees, I think there's kind of three little projects that might be beneficial. I want to know from you what your opinion would be about prioritization. I'm thinking about a sump pump back there, potentially redoing the cellar doors to try to make that a little bit more watertight, and then definitely trying to get maybe more of a horizontal graded drain that has more surface area that wouldn't get clogged up as easily. But if I'm a Give me your opinion if any of those don't make sense to you. And then of the ones that do, what would be the most prioritization for you as far as, you know, taking a bigger dent out of the problem? Uh, surface water rain uh, or the graded drain that you were graded drain. If you can keep the water from building up on that little two inch opening or whatever that small round opening is, if you can address that to where that drainage system prevents inordinate or unusual water from going down those basement stairwell um, and it therefore down into your basement floor level uh, avoiding a problem is usually more beneficial than solving it after the injury has occurred you follow what i mean in concept yes sir so i would spend um all of my money trying to keep the water because it sounds like your basement's doing pretty well well, I know. So I guess, I, yeah, it, it is typically speaking. The other thing I should mention is it doesn't necessarily require that drain to get clogged and backed up for water to come in that small hole or through the side of the, found, uh, the, the foundation where the foundation meets the wall. Luckily, it's only in one small contained area. So my hope is we're talking probably, uh, I'd say, from the door, the corner of the door to where the water comes in at the furthest to the east is probably a six-foot stretch of the wall there. So my hope, well, the water also does come in when it's not pooling back there, like I said. So my hope also is, unless you think otherwise, that maybe a a sump pump located in that area should be able to take care of the smaller rains that does let water in. And that's absolutely, I understand where you're coming from as far as preventing the water from backing up in the first place going down the stairs. That seems like a no-brainer. Right, right. Well, let me back you up there. You're six feet away from that floor uh, stairwell, or stairwell, as I see it, where the water's coming through the foundation. Um, you're in Dogtown. That means that your drains, your downspout drains, mix up with your sanitary sewer. Have you uh, disconnected those? Uh, have you done anything unusual uh, for your uh, downspout drains or anything like that? No, I don't think so, and I don't. I, I guess I'm not understanding exactly what you're getting at. Well, you may have downspouts go into a pipe um, at the base of your foundation on the outside. If those pipes are leaking, those pipes can uh, sometimes be the source of that um, water that comes in uh, six feet away from that stairwell, if I'm understanding correctly. You follow me there? Yeah, I do. We have the only downspouts on the backside of the house. There's one in the extreme northwest corner that does go into the sidewalk. I believe it probably connects to the same pipe where that drain is, probably two feet north of that as well. So I guess that's potentially something to look at. This spill is, if that northwest corner is where the pipe is and the door is right there, it's east laterally about six feet, and it comes in in the corner there. So it's kind of in the middle of the house, I guess, not close to the downspouts, but that's right below where the patio is. So. 
I mean, that's potentially a, a situation, absolutely. You're much more of an expert than I am, so I'll look into that for sure, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, just conceptually, if you can avoid the water from coming in, you're better off. That's that's job number one, and generally it's the least costly of all choices. So you get out there sure. with a talking gun or you get out there, you know, and you want to test a – stick a hose down the, you know, the pipe for the gutter drain and see if you can induce a leak. But once you get water coming in the basement, you're pretty much in a sump pump and drain tile type. You need to collect that and pump it out, especially in old Dogtown, because your foundation, you know, is is more of a more of a screen door than it is a a boat. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not right. You're not wrong about that, Scott. That sounds great. Well, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Okay, take care. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. We'll take a short pause, come back for more right here on University of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby, and I am at your service. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Home Improvement KMOX, phone lines for you. We're talking about all things around your home as we deal with the aftermath. This is Corey from Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling, here to tell you about an organization. Well, uh, 314-436-7900 is our phone calls, 314-436-7900, or give us a call at 800-925-1120. Scott Mosby here to help you through these, uh, oh, golly, consequences of the last rainfall we've had. My goodness, uh, and uh, it's just around the corner, so we may not be finished. Um, yeah, it, so, uh, again, and uh, Joe kind of alluded to it, uh, debris and leaves, Keep in mind that picking up any leaves, uh, heavy grass clippings, uh, dirt or something, uh, debris that could have moved just by the surface water in the huge rainfall we've had, all that debris can clog up a, a drain that can prevent all kinds of problems. So keeping the mess out of your yard, pick up those old leaves, the grass clippings, all that kind of stuff, because the water, when it flows across the surface of soil, it'll carry all that stuff, and it goes to whatever the lowest point is. And if that's a drain, maybe a yard drain, as it was with uh, Joe and his stairwell, uh, you just have to be aware that that's a big deal. Uh, Let's talk to my friend Lindell and see what's cooking. Hey, Lindell, good morning. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help, sir? Hello, Lindell. Are you there? Hey, Lindell, are you there? Uh, listen to your uh, phone and not your radio. You're seven seconds behind. Lindell, you're on KMOX. Whoops, you there? Oh, well, never mind. Uh, put you on hold here. Uh, anyway, uh, we have phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Uh, if you can get Lindell plugged in, uh, let's do that. Uh, anyway, as it relates to drains and wet basements, uh, back to Joe's issue, he had a stairwell that took it down to his basement near a patio. He had a leak through a foundation. Most of the basement stairwells in that floor slab, three feet by three feet, four feet by four feet, whatever the size is, generally has a floor drain in it. Those floor drains typically become malfunctioning uh, after a few years because it's got a P-trap in it. I mean, it, it generally connects to the floor drain in the basement of the house. So that water uh, going down that drain doesn't gravity drain away. It gravity drains into the house. Well, now you've got a P-trap down there full of water, and then we have winter. 
Well, in really cold winters, it can split that pipe and plug that drain at the bottom of the stairwell. So for all of you that have stairs down there uh, and a drain, try and clear that drain the best you can uh, because they are almost all malfunctioning after the winters we have Uh, just because it's water deep freeze when when water freezes it expands and it blows the pipe apart let's see if we can uh, see what's cooking with my buddy Lindell hey can you put me together with Lindell one more time see if I can get my Lindell are you there Scott Mosby here on CAMOX all right okay rather than that let's go talk with my buddy Jim hey Jim good morning welcome to CAMOX how can I help yes Scott I got two floor drains in the basement uh, to prevent water coming in, is there any way of blocking those? Uh, yes. Um, kind of funky sort of things. Uh, this is going to be a long one, by the way, Jim, so batten down the hatches here. Here we go. Okay. Um, there are backdraft uh, dampers that basically a little flap. You can have a plumber come in, jackhammer up the floor, put this backflow thing, which basically means when water tries to come back uphill, that flopper uh, prevents most of that water from backing up. And then if you dump a, wa- a lot of water like a bucket down through that floor drain, that uh, lever uh, flapper, if you will, because of the the way it slopes, it just drains out easily. Uh, they are prone to plugging up. They are, you know, I mean, it's they're down in a wet, dark place for decades, um, so they are. They generally don't work after about six to ten years. They're expensive. Uh, they 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 are good if you can maintain them, but you know, how are you going to get down under your basement floor to you know exercise them, lubricate them, and clean them? So that's one thing. There's another thing that uh, I actually uh, tried at at my own home about 35 years ago is a stand pipe. There are test tees that plumbers use to plug up a pipe. So we they're building a new home. And, you know, the some of the building codes say you need to fill up all the waste pipe, all the drain lines with water and see if it leaks. So the plumbers have what's called a test tee. And they plug it in and they twist the thing and it expands and it plugs up that wall. There are possible fittings on the outside of an inch and a half pipe that you can slide down in a friction fit, take the grate off. Your pipe might be two inches or three inches. That's how big under under the floor. And then your standpipe stands up 16 inches, 18 inches, 24, whatever it is. The problem is it's a friction fit with a rubber gasket. So there are ways to make this pretty reliable. But I've also discovered some some of our clients over the years when they'd say, well, I heard you talk about this. Come on down. I want to show you this thing. And lo and behold, it's some version of that. But if you can keep the water in that standpipe, even though there might be 400 gallons trying to come into your basement, uh, there's a head pressure. It, it will only rise up usually six to eight inches above the floor of your basement floor. So do you follow what I mean on this standpipe thing, Jim, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's the concept. And the magical mystery uh, key to success is how, what do you put on the end? And usually just a PVC plastic pipe and a fitting. And there's a, a friction fit or gasket fit of which, you know, plumbing is typically, you know, they have all kinds of those. So it's pretty much going to 
you know, a, a plumbing supply and saying, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the inside side of, of the pipe I'm trying to work with, and I need one of these or two of these. So that that has been successful in minor backups, minor backups meaning somebody that might get two to four inches of water in their basement, but that's a boatload of water. Okay, the other question is, uh, I thought you said that it's not a good thing to have your uh, gutters draining into your sewer lines. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. The, the issue is, 150 years ago when they started the city of St. Louis, um, there was only one pipe. So the sewer for the house in downtown St. Louis was connected to the pipe outside for the downspout. So in the city of St. Louis and the surrounding areas, what's called the inner ring close to the city, that is the way um, the entire plumbing world was built. And about 50 years ago, when St. Louis grew and all these municipalities got bigger and bigger, I mean, because in the city, it was all concrete pavement, stone, you know, cobblestone, whatever it was. So whatever rain fell in St. Louis wound up in the drain in some fashion. So MSD, Metropolitan Sewer District, in those first 150 years, did not separate sewage from surface water drainage. Now, in all the stuff now in the last 10, 20, 30 years, MSD is trying to unwind some of these old construction methods because it's a mess. Now they're treating millions of gallons of water that don't need to be treated because it's just runoff from a rainstorm. It's not sewage. So you're exactly right that um, not having your downspout and sewage affluent mix that's the right way the problem is is a big chunk of my listening audience has their whole house and downspouts uh, from the time the house was built uh, connected together okay so we should disconnect that and put those drain pipes uh, away from the house 20 feet absolutely absolutely if you can but it but now back up here's why this happens to explain the why when your house is only two feet apart say in Soulard or Lafayette where you know the density of the homes was pretty tight you might have just a little walkway where where can you run those downspout pipes because if you put them on the surface they're just going to run across the concrete and probably down down your basement steps again so if you're out in the uh, suburban area in the suburbs then absolutely do not ever mix those two together and do exactly as you're saying. So you're right and on that, that, Jim. If you leave them the way it is, could that cause a leak in the basement? Boy, howdy, yes, sir, 100%. Okay. I mean, think about it. So you've got maybe, uh, you know, 1,500 square feet of flat roof that fills up with water, comes right down on a downspout, and if that pipe, so now you've got a, you know, the top of the house is 20 feet up there. Now you've got 20 feet of head pressure, so you have this huge pressure pushing the water down that downspout it and it will most definitely back up in your basement so okay. uh, i can give you a hundred yeah you're you're right on top of this jim you understand this perfectly well i got a pretty big yard so i can pipe it out pretty far yeah that's great and and it, the further the better uh, but uh it, it, the uh, the water will soak in and saturate the soil but you just want it to happen far enough away from your foundation that it you know it's going to drain somewhere else Okay. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, thank right, you. Bye. Good good question. Thank you. Oh, bye. Bye now. 
Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We're going to take a short pause and come back for more after a little business right here on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, bring it on. Let's get the phone lines lit up here. 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you're listening, you have a question because if you're listening, you're in the Midwest and you were under the rain star, under the raindrops. My golly, the rain seemed to be coming from the top, from the bottom, the left, the right. Golly, it rained so hard this week, I thought it was raining up. Well, give us a call. Let's talk about that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. A couple things I want to circle around here. Um, first question of the uh, hour was Matt on his air conditioning drain. He has a P-trap. Uh, if you have a P-trap, it'll be a little PVC thing that has a U-shape. It looks like a U-shape white pipe, or you have a clear tube with a circle in it. Those are really good things. They keep the air inside that nasty condensate drain tubing or pipe from getting back inside the air handler and then up inside your home for you and I to be breathing this stuff. So those are important. If you do not have one of those traps, uh, check with your air air conditioning uh, service person uh, because it's very important. Uh, all this stuff you heard years ago about Legionnaire's disease, and the reason it's called that is there was a big hotel uh, in one of the major metropolitan areas. It was a, a legion, the American Legion, a big national convention and they had this problem this um um golly i don't know what was growing in there but whatever it was it, it wasn't good and it it compromised and, and a few of the legionnaire uh, legion american legion people died uh and those traps are the issue of why that's so important to have those in there so that's number one also janet wasn't sure her dehumidifier was working my suggestion take it up Take it outside in the uh, 60% relative humidity. You know what relative humidity is. You can check that with, uh, you know, your, the, your health, your uh, weather um, app or uh, just a hygrometer if you have one of those. And that uh, dehumidifier should start pumping out water. So all those things. Uh, likewise, water in the basement, we've been talking about that all morning. If the water does get into your basement, the best way to deal with it is to collect it through some sort of a drain tile system and a sump pump to pump it out because your house basement is structural. It is not a boat. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, let's go to Wanda, see what's happening, see what we can do. Anything, Wanda, good morning. Welcome to CamWax. Can we do Hello. this in a couple minutes? I hope so. I do have a drain tile system with a sump pump, but I had water come up in my basement past where that, the the sump pump system is around the house however there is one tile that runs right down the middle of the basement and the water seemed to be coming up from under the floor where that one run is yes yes and it it seemed to come up wherever there was a crack in the concrete. And, of course, I have wall-to-wall carpeting down there. It's a completely Mm. finished basement now. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
<clears throat> yes, you have. And when that drain tile was put in, they fluffed up all that soil and put gravel or whatever their me- collection method yeah. is, which is the right thing. But it also means that any water that's seeping in around the side uh, can easily come in that area. If there is a uh, poor slope to that uh, drain tile or any backup or maybe the sump was high or the slab was just covered with water maybe there was no maybe everything underneath that basement floor was wet so there are a lot of good reasons for it but uh the sump even with that situation was working the sump pump was working fine there's more than one feed into that one well and the rest of the water was getting pushed out of the house yeah, well, the, the bottom line is it was such a horrendous rainfall that it literally overwhelmed the collection method, even though your sump pump was keeping up with it. If it can leak, it did leak, and it just was, it, you know, it was enormous. So, Well, I, this has happened before, but I was out of town, and I didn't mm-hmm. actually see it. And I thought that it was a hot water heater because it goes down towards yeah. the furnace room. And so there's water coming up even when it's yeah. not this Wanda, I'm going to have to go in about five seconds. Okay, it should go into that pipe, and it's not going in. <laughs> okay, will you hold through the hour? I'll come back to you after the hour, two. Scott Mosby, KMOX. Yes. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement, lunchtime, top of the hour. This is University of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby, and we are cruising down the mighty Mississippi. By golly, think about how high that is. God, everything is flowing. We've had so much water, so much rain, so many issues here. Uh, stay tuned. We've got phone lines open for you, 314-436-7900. 436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. This is our 75th year. We are full uh, architects and a full design uh, studio as well, and all of the uh, trades necessary to perform any kind of residential construction project. And uh, we've been doing it for three quarters of a century, and we stand behind our work, so uh, no big magic. And my job is pretty much to stay on the front cutting edge of technology evolution. Building manufacturers are just making new stuff all the time. My job is to bring it back, train it through our crew, and uh, make it uh, reliably installed in your home. Uh, We finished up Hour 1 with Wanda. Wanda, good afternoon. Will you come back with me here and let's chat a little bit more about your uh, basement issue? Yes. Thank you. Thanks for holding on during uh, news, weather, and sports. So you've got drain tile, sump pump, and it just didn't collect the water during that uh, downfall. The one run didn't work right, and it um, seemed to, to be oozing up right along the path of that one run. Yeah. Yeah. That goes into the middle of the, the basement floor. Yes, yes. Well, I, number one, I like that you have one going through the middle of the basement floor. Uh, I, how long ago was this installed? Probably about 30 years ago. I would call that company back and ask them to uh, come inspect uh, that uh, where that pipe connects in uh, just for that They're reason. They're out of business. Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Um, hmm. 
Uh, golly, that's a and tough I one. And I called a couple plumbing companies to see if they could run a camera down there, and they don't do that because it's corrugated. It's not a very long run. It's only maybe, I'm really bad at, at estimates, 15 feet, Yeah, something like that. But they said they can't run a camera down there. Well, I'm, and I I'm, know that that corrugated pipe has tiny holes that the water comes in, and I know that there's a layer of river rock around that to kind of keep the mud out. But what keeps those holes from clogging? Uh, nothing. I'm not a big fan of the ABS black corrugated pipe virtually anywhere. It's I'm just not a fan of it. Um, uh-huh. Those black pipes have what's called a sock or a filter sleeve fabric that uh, wraps all the way around that that is designed to prevent those holes from plugging up like that. And in three years, if you've had good water flow, um, and, and obviously that pipe is not collecting water and draining it to the sump, or else you wouldn't have had the concentration of where it is. So somehow that pipe section at least has failed and probably needs to be replaced. I don't, I'm just not a fan of the corrugated black stuff because it's so easy. It's so, it comes in a roll, so it's really easy to have it running straight, and then all of a sudden you get a hump in it. Well, that hump means that you're going to have an inch, you know, if your hump is an inch up in the air, you've got an inch of standing water in that pipe all the time. So I, I'm just not a big fan of that product um, at all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it means digging up that section of the floor and replacing that section, most likely. I th- I think so. I think so. That would be the place to start, and and it would be with a waterproofing company, something like a Helitech or or uh, you know companies like that, Stratum, various companies in St. Louis that are quite adept. Yeah, I have this. wood scheduled to come out to look yeah. at it, but once before they were here and they wanted to replace everything in the basement. And my whole basement is finished, and that just wasn't happening. Replacing this one section would be a different story. Well, you're going to find that any company that has a good warranty and they stand behind the warranty, they will not do partial work on somebody else's, especially if part of it has failed. So then they're rep. You know, I mean, then they're they're in the line of fire. Uh, they have to show up, and then they have to dig up the fountain, the whole floor, just to prove to you that it wasn't their work that failed. So it's e- it's right. much easier and more reliable for them to say, "No, we we aren't going to uh, 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 absorb the risk from somebody else's poor work previous to us." So all all the brand names, the people that do stand behind the work, Woods being one, they're not going to they're not going to assume this without replacing the whole thing. Ah. Uh. Or, or you just let go of your warranty. You know, they might if you. But it's just, it's just not a good business practice because if, if sure. the previous patient died, you know, why would I want to die along with the next patient too? If it was an unreliable installation, yeah, yeah. So okay, well, thank you. But you're going about this the right way. All right, Wanda. Okay. Take All right. Care. Thanks. Bye now. Uh, next up, let's see what's cooking with my buddy Jim. Hey, Jim. Good afternoon. How can I help you, my friend? Hey, Scott, I'm trying to figure out if this is a normal process. So our house is a two-story. It's brick, front and sides. The back of it is siding, but the fireplace, which goes up two stories, is total masonry, brick on the outside and 
whatever, you know, fire brick on the inside the box. But anyway, so um, and then on the inside of the house above the the mantle is drywall. Well, we we hung a large picture um, uh, above the the fireplace with like a, a paper backing. And after, I don't know, maybe two or three years, we noticed that the inside of the pitcher looked like it had water damage. And when we took it down, uh, the back of the wall at one point looked like it was wet, had been wet, just behind where the pitcher was. Um, And somebody told me that that's just from uh, condensation, and uh, we put something different there. The same thing happened. Well, then I put another thing there, but I I made it stand out from the wall about uh, a half inch all, all the way around. And so yeah. far, that that's been okay. Is that a normal thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, kudos to you because there's insulation, and then there's isolation. If and your brick will um uh it'll sw- so brick absorbs water limestone groundwater you know all the rock underneath our our earth all that stuff gets wet and it holds water so we cut stone out or we make brick we stack it up on the outside of our houses it still gets wet and it still holds water kind of like a big heavy sponge well, it may not actually leak the water. It can be condensation. That's generally through the winter when you get warm, warm, moist air in that brick, and then the cold air hits. Then that vapor coming out of the bricks turns into water. So you're separating the drywall away from the brick, allows the brick to dry itself without wetting the drywall first. So you have isolated or separated and frankly um, in most of the houses that were built in St. Louis that were full masonry this happens in all those houses so all the older neighborhoods that have have history you know I I mentioned Lafayette and Soulard and all those areas that are full brick homes their plaster is applied right to the face of that brick just like your drywall was so that you're describing the solution of stepping that plaster, drywall, whatever finished surfaces away from that brick that does absorb, absorb moisture. And like everything else, we like to dry out. So it's going to get rid of its moisture either inside the flue through that flue liner or outside the brick through your drywall in this case. So 110%, brother, you did it just right. Okay, well, that's a new one on me. I appreciate the information. Do you understand the concept of why I was saying it's happening? I mean, you had to because you you kind of came up with a pretty good solution there. Yeah, uh, and basically what we did just uh, uh, found these round half. It's almost like as if you had a tennis ball and you cut it in half. And on, and then it's, it has an adhesive on the backside. Yeah. We stuck one of those in each corner, and it keeps it about a half inch away from that wall. And so far, we haven't had any issues. So I'm assuming that that's it. Yeah, that uh, and, that's a pretty and, clever way to do it. Yeah, and and also at that before that happened, we had our uh, the the chimney cap redone with. 
concrete and and I, I thought maybe it was weak in that way, but uh, I mean it needed to be done anyway. Um, so I didn't know which one fixed it, that or the keeping the frame away from the wall, and maybe it was a combination. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. that's uh, that's that's all I had. No, the the cap that you replaced that needed to be done. Um, the drywall, isolating it, stepping it away. Sometimes we put foam on the uh, brick first and then apply the drywall to the foam in an effort to kind of separate that moisture to avoid some of the condensation. But y- you got it going there. It's uh, And it may take 10 years for the drywall to get mealy on you this way because you're still, you still have moisture in that air pocket back there, just not quite so much touching and wicking, you know, into the I drywall. Yeah, but you did, uh-huh. golly, you got 95% of it correctly, and you understand what needed to happen on on why. So you, you did pretty darn good, Jim. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, Scott. Nice talking with you. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye now. Uh-huh. And, and again, in Jim's situation, when you have brick, um, there are building scientists, uh, uh, Mark Lilliberti, uh, come, he he was one of the early building science guys, and uh, um, he came up with uh, uh, and basically has a thriving uh, practice of expert witness of showing uh, juries and court cases in uh, uh, consequences of how fast water gets absorbed into brick. And how quickly it can come through, especially some of the old used brick that, you know, most of old St. Louis is built out of. And frankly, a lot of new St. Louis, because we love that look in the 70s, the 80s. My gosh, we used to go way out of our way to get some beautiful used brick because it's kind of like those worn blue jean look of today. For those of you that don't like the looks of the worn blue jeans with the holes in it, if you bought used brick 40 years ago, that was that was our version of that kind of uh, worn, uh, well-worn look. So anyway, uh, Jim got a lot of this stuff right. Just be aware. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, CamoX. We'll be right back for more after this on University of CamoX. Hey, Home Improvement, KMOX. Scott Mosby, middle of the day, middle of the country. My word, middle of the water, water falling out of everywhere, up, down, sideways, in, out, and, and golly. Do you remember the Three Stooges? Uh, I don't know if you're uh, a Three Stooges fan. I am. And somebody says, uh, can I get a drink of water? And they said, turn on anything, you'll get it. Well, that's where we were this past week. My golly, do you need a little water? Just open the window and the door. It was falling out of the sky, bouncing up from the ground and coming in sideways on every way. Uh, let's see what's cooking with uh, my friend Eric here. Hey, Eric, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help? Hey, South City Home. I think the garage is probably wrapped with aluminum siding. Uh-huh. I, I have no concerns of it other than I noticed when I touched it, it's very powdery. So is that just oxidation from years yes. of being out in the sun? Yes, yes. Uh, design life of aluminum siding actually is the measurement of how well that baked-on finish will last or stick. And, you know, the, uh, the back then it, you'd get 20-year siding, you'd get 25 years, 30-year, and then when you got on, when you're painting steel, then it would last 30 and 40 years, and that stuff just takes 40 years before it chucks. Well, the good news is the aluminum siding worked. You know, the bad news is you're at the end of the design life of that painted surface okay okay um 
out. Are there options to, can you paint over it? Or is it honestly uh, the only way to improve the aesthetics is just to replace it with uh, vinyl siding or, or some other thing? Well, in the amount, the issue is that the aluminum siding and vinyl siding move. They get longer in the sun and the heat, and then they get mm-hmm. short, shorter in the winter. So it's the overlap. So, yes, you can paint that aluminum siding. You power wash it. You, you, you know, abrade it a little bit, knock all that stuff off, primer it, and do a great job painting. All that will work. But when December hits in January and February, all those 12-foot, 6-inch sheets that are 12 foot their aluminum siding are now going to get half an inch shorter yep and you'll see um the old color i guess sticking through huh yes so yes you can and you can actually go and and kind of brush behind and do the best you can with all of that the long and the short of it is is that if you have any kind of skills yourself the do-it-yourself nature you can take off that old siding and hang new siding in less time it take than it takes to paint and mess with all those laps Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I I haven't done studying before. I've watched family members do it, and it does look simple. I'm sure there's YouTube videos I could watch. Okay. Well, you can get siding purchased. You know, you can buy siding. My point being is that um, whatever you do with uh, replacing the siding is another 30 or 40 years. Whatever you do during the paint, you're putting a lot of time, a lot of effort, good money into good paint. Then you're messing around with these siding laps, and then it's going to last, you know, seven years. Oh, yeah. So, you know? where, yeah, where do you spend your time and money? That makes sense. Yeah, it, yeah, and that's exactly what it is, is you can paint this thing and make it look a whole lot better and oh. kind of do the laps, but you're buying time. You're you're uh, delaying the ultimate uh, replacement of whatever that surface is, too. Gotcha. And I should probably check part of that. Because, you know, a lot of the South City homes have the porch added on the back to kind of extend yeah. it. Uh, I bet it's the same siding, so it's probably the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a big fan. Yeah, I love the old aluminum siding, love steel sidings. It's just vinyl was so much uh, less expensive and easier to install. It just kind of, you know, by technology, it just superseded that whole industry. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, Are there, if if we do look to replace, Mm -hmm. I guess you would probably steer us towards vinyl just because of the cost and ease of installation for a, a DIY? Uh, no, not really. You've got, I mean, you've got all kinds of choices. I mean, um, because there's so much wall space on U.S. houses coast to coast, you know, there mm-hmm. are a dozen really good types of siding. You've got the uh, uh, cement board. Uh, you've got um, kind of a engineered material, which is kind of put together uh, like a modern-day version of some of the old masonite there. Um, it, it, and uh, steel is still available. Vinyl is still available. Uh, got, some are painted. Some are pre-painted. Got, you can oh, wow. do anything. Yeah. You can put plaster on that wall if you want. I mean, uh, all is of it, these things are choices. Yeah. Would you go to a box store, or would you? Are there other places in St. Louis where you'd be better served to buy a, a new product from them? I'd start with a contractor and and ask them out and ask that question while they're there and say and, and granted you know if I'm a hammer everything is a nail so if you call That's a right. siding guy he's going to say siding but he's also going to be able to say and this is some of the problems you run into so you know and then you can say well what are the other choices of siding so I mean all that um, contractor sales process is kind of a customer education process which you know you come out ahead anyway so I, I okay. there's no That's fair. There, 
there's no dumb question that you can ask that uh, won't you won't learn something from. I, I ask awesome. dumb questions all the time. Um, one, I, speaking of dumb question, I've never had plaster walls. How do you hang a picture? Uh, carefully. Uh, that needs to be uh, drilled very carefully, and it can't be. It's not a an impact drill. So on a plaster wall, effectively, I get a very small drill bit. Uh, sometimes it has a carbide tip on it, but it. I do not make the um, hammer drill part. It's just a simple drill because if you hammer drill it, you're going to pock like like impacting it with a hammer. It'll just you know obliterate a big okay. divot on the on the wall. So you're just trying to drill into that plaster far enough, and most plaster is somewhere around. Uh, between that and the plaster lath or the thick three-coat old plaster, you, you can get three-quarters of an inch inside there. So if you're hanging anything less than 20 pounds, you can hang it on that plaster once you get... And then those... Uh, or there are um, nails that you actually can drive in just at the hardware store. The problem is mm-hmm. sometimes you pock those out too. And if you yeah. do drill these holes or use one of those nail-angled um, picture hangers, put tape on the wall first. Oh, to kind of like keep it in place, like a yeah, you know, talking like a clear, like a clear packing tape or like anything. a duct tape. Or, okay. uh, well, duct tape's a little overkill. I would use like a masking tape because what it does is it puts a reinforcing layer over that plaster, even drywall. So when you're driving the nail in there, you get it in. It tends then you can rip the tape off from around it. It holds the plaster in place instead of letting it pock out from impact. Great tip. Thank you yep. so much. All right, good luck there. Happy Saturday. Right on. Thanks, Eric. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, We have some phone lines open, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're talking about water and all the normal things that happen because, my golly, did we have some rain, and it's still not over yet. It's still coming in the forecast coming in uh, actually tonight and tomorrow, so just be aware, or or next week, I mean, just be aware. We've got uh, more wet coming on our saturated soil. Scott Mosby, KMOX, Home Improvement. I'll be right back. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. It's the Cards and Nationals tonight. Emron pregame show 520. First pitch 615. Hear it on KMOX and streaming on KMOX.com. All right, back together. Home improvements. Scott Mosby, KMOX. Phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. As you heard, Cardinals versus Washington Nationals pregame today here on KMWX 520. Scott Mosby at your service. We've got lots of things happening throughout the day. Let's talk with my friend Mildred. Mildred, good afternoon. How can I help you on KMWX today? Thanks for taking my call, Scott. I have two problems, water problems. I saw the first day that we had that um, over nine inches of um, rain, um, uh, yeah. In my bathroom, I was in my bathroom, uh, and I heard this dripping, and I thought it was just water from the outside. And something told me to look in the bathtub, and I have a light over that uh, bathtub, uh, you know, uh, area. Mm-hmm. It was water coming out of the uh, light bulb uh, uh, fixture. Oh, and I'm wondering uh, as far as, okay, I know water and electricity do not mix, okay? <laughs> yes. 
And so basically, I, I know it's got to do with the roof. And uh, basically, the roof needs replacing. There's no problem about that. But but the uh, uh, the um, fixture is in a difficult pe- place if you go up in any attic, because yeah. that's what's upstairs, a finished attic. Uh, yeah. But it's in the crawl space portion of it uh, to see if there is more water damage, because I'm for sure if it drips down uh, uh, onto the main level, that mm-hmm. It's got to have affected that uh, drywall, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Is there a fan around that light? Is it a, a light fan combination? No. No. Oh, just a light. Okay. It's a, the fan is separate from it and all. Mm. Okay. But um, that, that was one problem. So that's an electrical problem plus the roofing problem. Don't worry too much about the electrical problem other than it is important to get it handled. But water getting that um, uh, that fixture wet, uh, once it dries out, it's usually not a real big deal. With, oh, it's uh, not? It's not too no. much of a big deal. Okay. okay. No, no. Uh, and if normally, it ha- if, if it, yeah, if it goes on for years, then it is a big deal. But, you know, one or this, two, three times. I've never deal. heard it. But then again, that don't mean that it hadn't done it before and and, yeah. and I did not detect it. Okay, the second problem and the second question I have pertain down in the basement. It's a house mm-hmm. built in 1939. And like you say, with the cedar blocks, the concrete, uh, I'm going to say the brick walls and everything else, everything uh, got soaked. I ha- have a crack in the driveway, which I know has to be patched from the inside in order to stop that water from flowing. And and my question to you is, I had these little long strips of um, soakers that's supposed to uh, absorb water. Yes. My question to you, can those be used again if you wash them out? I have, uh, you know, used the fan to dry out everything and everything. But or, or should they be thrown away? Because my problem is mildew and mold. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about that, or have you already talked already about mildew and mold, and how do it form if uh, you have certain things other than, uh, um, say, uh, 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 vinyl or whatever else or some mm-hmm. parts or whatever to eliminate water, and you have streams of water when you have uh, puddles, you know, like you say, when the water come up from the earth. Sure. Uh, we sure. have so much uh, saturated earth that it goes down below the concrete block and comes up and then comes out on the uh, 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 basement floor. Yes, and ma'am. you got uh, uh, stuff around the um, perimeter of the uh, where it normally happens at. Right. Should that be taken out and thrown away, or can you wash it in a washing machine with bleach and, and reuse it? Uh, what is it you're washing? What specifically is that thing? It is uh, kind of like a a, a a filter that uh, has sa- sand oh, or yeah. that no, soil. no. Dispose of that. Away. Yeah, dispose it because it its job is to hold moisture, and so washing it is it, you might damage your washing machine. Frankly, okay. Um, okay. And and you're exactly right. We have to get rid of the moisture. Well, you know those socks are wet. The easiest way, just take them out of your basement and throw them away because okay. if you try and dry them, since they're 
made to absorb water. They're actually made to hold water. It'll take bloody forever to dry those things out. Well, I I, I, I got a hold of it because I was, uh, like I said, it, it was nobody but the good Lord that told me to get up to look to see because yeah. of the amount of rain that we were getting. That's when I have problems, water problems in the basement mm-hmm. and, and wherever else is going to show up. It should have showed up this this uh, weather uh, uh, cycle. <laughs> And yeah. uh, uh, and so uh, bas- basically, I got the fans. I remembered, like Perfect. you stated, to put fans on the areas where you know you seen that it might be wet on. But yes. still, it's best to throw out those uh, socks. Yes, because even even if you have um, a water damaged home. Um, effectively, the water guys, the mold controllers, they come in and they cut out the bottom six inches of drywall. So we're even throwing away building materials once it gets wet because it's yeah, so I don't hard have to get drywall. That's my point. I got yeah. cinder block. But the it's same thing is with those socks. You know, if you're that same logic that if we're throwing out uh-huh. building materials, we're throwing those socks out too. Is kind of my point. Yeah. That's what I needed to know. You gave me the answer to the questions. Yep. Thank if you you're so worried about much. it, you continue having a great day. Bye-bye. Oh, thanks, Mildred. Bye now. Uh, again, um, sounds like Mildred's all over this thing, getting it done right as well. Uh, if the next step after fans moving the air out is adding another dehumidifier, and golly, I, I've been through a few stores here recently. There are not too many dehumidifiers left around uh, just because everything leaked and everything got wet. And And to Mildred's point, if it didn't leak this week, it, you're safe. It's probably not going to because, you know, with her roof, even slow leaks, when you get 8, 10, 12 inches of rain that fast, you're talking about pounding, driving, forced rain, and it'll leak. It'll literally, you know, come through vent fans in the attic as well. Uh, if you have questions about ridge vents uh, and attic ventilation, those pan vents and all, with the rain we had, water actually got into your attic because they're not designed to handle 11 inches of rain, 8 inches of, of rain. They're not designed to handle that kind of... Uh, most, uh, 85 95% of the rainfall will not breach a pan vent, won't mess with a ridge vent. Um, but when it goes like this, even your gable end vents on the houses that were built 40, 50, 70, 100 years ago... <laughs> Rainwater goes through that as well. So just be aware that's the kind of thing there is. Um, But as you get around your home, it's important whether you're inside the house or outside the house, if you have standing water or a yard that allows standing water, that's where we get into, you know, some of the West Nile virus because the mosquitoes get very happy and they start to breed and then they start spreading all that stuff around. So standing water is a big deal. Uh, don't underestimate that. Well, standing water next to your basement is an evil, even doubly big deal. So just be aware it's important to make sure your yard drains reliably all the time and uh, you're not collecting it down in the basement. Uh, if you have a sump pump and it worked <clears throat> correctly here, you probably heard it pumping on and off or various things. Go down and check. Pull the lid on that and just uh, what I call inspect what you expect. You think everything's going to be in good shape. Just take a look at it and make sure that everything looks just the way you think it should look. And you don't have to know much. You pull it out and just look in and you can kind of tell whether something's bent 
or too much water in that pit or whatever. So just be aware of those things. Um, anyway, we'll be right back for more after this. Uh, we've got a few more minutes on the KMWX Home Improvement Show. Stay tuned. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, I'm at your service. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, stay tuned, folks. We've got lots of things happening on KMOX all afternoon. 520 pregame show, Cards versus the uh, Washington Nationals right here on KMOX. Let's go to the phone lines and keep up a good uh uh, customer service here. Make sure we're helping all of our listeners and the Camwex family. John, good afternoon. How can I help you, my friend? Hi, Scott. Just a uh, real quick one. I won't keep you. I, I have lived in an old house in Youth City. Got a little drain at the bottom of the foot of my stairs down there that might be a three inches, maybe four. Not, I don't even think four. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, supposed to be a drain. The other day, it was a spigot. Water was coming up from that old ninety-year-old drain. What's what's uh, what's up? Is it water just so saturated in the yard and the land? Is that what happened or what? Well, in U City, um, first off, this is good news. I know it doesn't sound like good news now. The good news is your floor drain works. It's flowing freely. The bad news, it's flowing backwards. Your downspouts on your house in University City was built the same way downtown St. Louis is. And that means that the sanitary sewers came into the house, plumbed all your bathrooms and your kitchen and all of that. Then they tied in the downspout water from your roof into the same pipes. So you have these pressurized waterfall downspouts putting water down into your sewer system underneath your basement floor. And it just it just was too much to handle. Um, so in the last 50 years, once we get outside of U-City, you know, for example, in Brentwood, Brentwood isn't built quite the same way with the same connection. Older parts of Brentwood, yes. But as you move further away into the suburbs, MSD realized, wait a minute, we don't want to sewer treat all this stuff. Some of this is just rainfall. We don't need to train it like it came out of your toilet. So... The ticket here is if you were to drain or can drain, uh, John, your downspout water, disconnect that from those pipes there. And if there's a way and a place to drain the water without, you know, flooding your neighbor's house or your own basement, do that because you have these downspouts, you know, they're 20 feet, sometimes 30 feet up full of water, just like a fire hose blowing water into this pipe system, and that's why it was coming back up. That and everything else was overtaxed to the point that you had pressurized sewer systems pushing water up in the air. I've seen it happen in uh, areas in St. Louis and in Springfield, Missouri, where water was coming up out of a uh, manhole four feet high, just spewing up because of the head pressure of all the excessive rainfall. Uh, next week I will have lived here 30 years, and I can't remember it ever happening. So I, I, like you said, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy to hear that, honestly, because those floor drains under 98% of the time, if those drains are open at the bottom of those steps and you keep the debris out of there, your basement isn't going to get water through that door at the bottom of that stairwell. So that's that's a really good thing. And if there's one thing I all the listeners I'd love to take away is make sure those drains at the bottom of those stairwells outdoors, make sure those are clear, clean, and operating. And, and you, you know, most of the time it'll work in your favor. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, John. Good question. Thank you so much. 
And for those of you listening, I hope you're understanding that this was such an unusual situation. And I, I say this at least every two years um, on KMOX here because we have unusual, you know, we're having a lot more unusual occurrences now, uh, no doubt about that. But even in two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, we would have rainfalls. We've had these four or five inches that come in a few hours. It just is what it is. Our homes are not really built to drain that way. Uh, They can be. And newer homes, if you really take it seriously and you're w- willing to spend an extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand in putting in uh, uh, w- water management systems and waterproofing issues around a whole foundation, you can get this thing done. Uh, but that's in a new situation when you come back to rebuild or add these features to a retrofit an old, especially fifty-year-old foundation. It could be poured concrete. Well, poured concrete shrinks when all that water leaves concrete. That's where those little cracks come from, mostly shrinkage cracks, not usually movement tracks or cracks. But just be aware that concrete moves when it cracks. Uh, Water can and will come through it. And when we have a rainfall, rainstorm, rain occurrence, golly, like we had this past week, and we may have coming in the next week because the ground cannot absorb this water anymore. It has to go somewhere, and it's going to flow on the surface surface into the storm drains and you know that's where you get these uh water geysers coming up out of the middle of a street with the head pressure of so much of that water it literally pressurizes a gravity drain non-pressured sewer system to all of a sudden you've got water coming up out of the street or you know as john mentioned you know three inches coming up out of his floor drain you know it is what it is so I've spoken a lot about these joined downspouts and sanitary sewer lines. The right way to do this, anywhere, everywhere, MSD would love it if you would do this. Separate your gutter downspouts from anything connected with old cast iron pipe. If you have an old cast iron or clay type pipe going down into the ground, find a way to drain that gutter or downspout on the surface uh, area of your yard that generally means a white pvc four inch pipe solid no holes in it that flows about four or about 10 feet away from your house because when foundations are dug um, all that soil on a newer home all that soil gets fluffed up and soil expands 60 percent. so one cubic feet of dirt that hasn't been dug up it's been sitting there called virgin soil if it hasn't been disturbed when you dig it up with a shovel or a back a backhoe or an excavator, whatever it is, that soil goes to 1.6 cubic feet. Why? Because you fluffed up a bunch of air. It's like taking whipping cream and turning it into whipped cream. All you're doing is inducing a whole bunch of air bubbles in that. Well, all those air bubbles in that soil, when you push it back next to the foundation, all those air spaces and uncompacted soil, that's a place where the water can get into, and it will stay until it finds a way to drain out. So just be aware of that. Um, stay tuned on KMOX today. We've got a pregame show for the Cardinals and the Nationals at 520 right here on KMOX. Lots of things happening. Cardinals are uh, um, uh, 
an interesting thing. So we've got a lot of things happening with the cards. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be around next week, uh, but we've got a good afternoon here on CAMWEX just for you. As we went through some of the earlier hour questions, uh, I want to revisit Jim's point of he had uh, pretty much three sides, a brick house, and a full masonry fireplace, which means it's all brick, bottom to top, and that's just a big chunk of stone. Brick gets wet. Stone gets wet. They all hold water in varying degrees. The older the brick is, if it's used brick, then it really holds water. It's literally like a sponge. Jim was having a problem where the drywall was getting wet above his mantle uh, over, and it was pretty close to the brick face of his fireplace, which was behind his drywall. He had trouble with the water coming (laughs) into that drywall, getting it wet, excuse me, And so he separated the drywall off of that brick with lumps of adhesive so the drywall sat a quarter of an inch or a half inch away from the brick and the brick could no longer wick moisture into that drywall. Same thing for all of you that have plaster walls, same concept. Most of those uh, plaster fireplaces uh, over the, the fireplace mantle, those are stuck right, the plaster is plastered right over the brick of the fireplace. When that brick gets wet or condensation occurs in the winter, then the water comes back into that plaster. The ticket, the answer, the method is how to put new plaster drywall and leave a space. So Jim automatically did that. Anyway, keep in mind, folks, stay tuned. More coming up here on KMOX Cards and the Nationals 520 pregame show right here on KMOX.